The Baltimore Ravens officially set their 53-man roster. We break it all down next here on this live instant reaction edition of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Ravens. We're your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast here. I'm your host, Kevin O'Striker of Ravenswire, here with you on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for being here on this Tuesday. I keep getting the days mixed up. It's a Tuesday evening, making us your first listen each and every day or night, free and available on podcasting platforms, including over in video form on YouTube. Today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by LinkedIn. And LinkedIn Jobs was from the qualified candidates you want to talk to you faster. Push your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to push your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And we're back here. It was a wild time to actually get the Ravens to release this. I don't know what the holdup was with this whole situation. Obviously, the deadline for the rosters to come out or for them to make their decision is 4 p.m. Eastern. We don't get the Ravens roster until right before 8 Eastern, so... I don't know what the what the holdup was. I think the Ravens, the Buccaneers, and the Raiders, and the Broncos were the four teams that took a really long time to release their roster. But we're going to be breaking it all down. At least we have it now, right? So we'll be breaking it all down here on this live edition. And if you're here with me on this Tuesday night, thank you for, for tuning in and making me a part of it. You can, again, subscribe here on YouTube, follow Logan Audio Form for five-day-a-week Ravens content. We also go live after big news, so I would classify this as pretty big news. And also after every Ravens game as well. And so for the Ravens, I don't think too many people were expecting a lot when it came to surprises with this roster. I think there maybe were one or two unexpected either guys staying or even cuts at this point. So quickly, we will read off. First, we'll read off the cuts for Baltimore. Then I'll actually get into who made the roster. We'll just read down one through 53 quarterbacks, running backs, whatnot. So for the Ravens, the players that they ended up getting rid of, they waived no recall wide receiver Tyke Black, quarterback Anthony Brown, guard Tykeem Doss, defensive back Tay Hayes, defensive back Caillou Kelly, defensive back Jeremy Lucian, guard to Sean Manning, tight end is what the Ravens classified him as Ben Mason, linebacker Jeremiah Moon, defensive tackle Rashad Nichols, wide receiver James Prochet, linebacker Josh Ross, wide receiver Sean Ryan, tackle Jalen Thomas, tight end Travis Vokalek, linebacker Kristen Welch, and running back Owen Wright. And if you remember, the Ravens made a couple of moves on Monday too, so Dante Demas and those guys aren't on this list. They terminated some vested veterans as well. Defensive lineman Angelo Blackson, running back Melvin Gordon, quarterback Josh Johnson, center Sam Mustafer, defensive back Yvonne Seymour, tackle David Sharp, wide receiver Laquan Shredwell, defensive end Brent Urban, and defensive back Daryl Worley. And then you have three guys going on the non-football injury list, the reserve there, Tyus Bowser, Nick Moore, and Andrew Voorhees. So in terms of who actually made the roster for the Ravens, just read at the Athletic actually outlined that they kept 25 guys on offense, and 25 guys on defense, which is kind of crazy. So two quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson and Tyler Huntley. You got four running backs and J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, and Keaton Mitchell. Six wide receivers. We all predicted this one. Odo Beckham Jr., Zay Flowers, Rashad Bateman, Devin DuVernay, Nelson Aguilar, and Tylen Wallace. 
in terms of the tight ends, and we'll throw Patrick Ricard in there because Jeff did it too. Mark Andrews, as I likely, Charlie Kohler, Patrick Ricard, offensive linemen, they keep nine. Ronnie Stanley, John Simpson, Tyler Linderbaum, Kevin Zeitler, Morgan Moses, Daniel Lele, Patrick McCary, Sala, and Ben Cleveland. Defensively, they got five outside linebackers, David Ajabo, Adafi Owe, Jadavian Clowney, Davis Robinson, and Malik Ham, who's a, who's a good feel-good story. Inside linebackers, it ended up being five in Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, Malik Harrison, Trenton Simpson, and Delshawn Phillips. Interior defensive linemen, it was actually four. Just Medibike, Michael Pierce, Bach Washington, Travis Jones. Corners, they kept how many? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They kept eight guys. Marlon Humphrey, Rocky Yassin, Ronald Darby, Jalen Armour Davis, Pepe Williams, Brandon Stevens, Ardarius Washington, Arthur Millette. And that depends how you classify Brandon Stevens, whether corner or safety. Safeties, well, since we're classifying Stevens as a corner, it was three safeties, Kyle Hamilton, Marcus Williams, and Geno Stone, and then three specialists, Justin Tucker, Tyler Ott, Jordan Stout, no surprise on the specialists over there. So I wouldn't say a ton of surprises there overall. I would say probably the one I wasn't expecting was Caillou Kelly. Uh, the Ravens, and I've talked about this before, in the Eric DaCosta era versus the Izzy Newsom era, Obviously, they've worked together for a very long time, but there are a couple of differences in how I think they run the show. Obviously, Ozzy ran it for a really long time, did a really good job. Eric DaCosta now in charge. One of the, one of the key differences between Ozzy Newsom and Eric DaCosta was it felt like Ozzy Newsom gave a lot more leash, a lot more of a runway for their rookie guys, where it was very rare to see the Ravens move on from a rookie, especially one that they drafted. Obviously, the undrafted guys are a different story, but a player that they drafted in that draft it was super rare for the Ravens to move on from that guy, even in two seasons un under Izzy Newsom. But there at Acosta, he is a lot more of the, hey, look, if it, if it didn't work, if it was a mistake, we want to get ahead of it now. And that's what the Eric DaCosta formula is, where we've seen it happen. I mean, he traded away Sean Wade a couple years ago after drafting him just a couple months earlier. We've seen them move on from guys like Ben Mason. And this is not Eric DaCosta's first time moving on from a guy that he drafted before the season starts. Now, hopefully, Caillou Kelly can make it back to the practice squad. I would have probably rather kept him over Arthur Millette. We'll talk about that a little more in the second part of the show when we talk about if they made any mistakes. So be sure to stay tuned. But I think that was the one that was the most shocking out of everything. But the Ravens didn't necessarily have too many of those moves overall where I was saying, wow, was not expecting that one. I think for the most part, like for the guys who I had on my roster, Josh Johnson getting released, I assume he's going to be back. That's kind of the early indication is that Josh Johnson – and Brent Urban and Kevon Seymour are going to be back, but we'll see. I know that uh, for the Ravens, those guys are vested veterans, so they don't have to pass through waivers, which means that with the young guys, like if they wanted to keep a guy like Travis Vokalek on their practice squad, he has to pass through waivers first, and we don't know if he's going to get through there, right? But for the vested veterans, the Ravens can say, hey, for example, Brent Urban, hey, Brent, we're going to bring you back. We're just, we need to release you first for the roster manipulation. And this is actually the second time in a row this has happened to Brent Urban, but it's fine. I think the Ravens have a really solid group of guys on their roster right now. And again, not too many that are pure surprises. I did not have Ben Cleveland on my final roster. I had the Ravens going with eight offensive linemen. And I think the trade-off was I had Urban there, and I also I kept Kevon Seymour instead of releasing him. So I think I was like, I don't know, 49 or 48 or maybe 50 or 53. I did, I did not get it perfectly, I'll tell you that. But the Ty's Bowser move was, to me, sadly expected. Hopefully he's able to get back soon, but I don't know when that will be. But yeah, I think Baltimore's roster overall, 
I, I'm not looking at it and saying, oh, they kept too many of X or Y. Eight offensive linemen that I had, I knew going into that. And if you've listened to me every day, if, if you tuned in recently, I've said that usually teams like to keep nine or 10 offensive linemen. And I had them keeping eight just so they could keep an extra corner. Because what we're going to see over the, these next 24, 48 hours is the roster manipulation aspect where they're probably going to put Pepe Williams on IR. I know Jeff Rebeck mentioned guys like Keaton Mitchell, Malik Hamas, other options who could go on IR as well. Because now when you put them on IR, since they've already made the 53-man roster, they're only required to miss a minimum of four games. If they put them on IR before this, it effectively would have ended their season. So that's a big part of why they had to keep Pepe, even though we know he's probably going to be out until around October. Let, let's check in the comments real quick here. We have Nico saying Kevin and then Critty John saying we hear Nico saying Prochet is gone. We are free. <laughs> so for James Prochet, I, I want to I want to talk about James Prochet for a second here. It did not work. It did not work in Baltimore. I think a change of scenery is probably best. It'd be cool if he, he went to Baltimore's practice squad, but I would not blame him because obviously it's his choice now where he goes. Baltimore could have interest in bringing him back, but I, I just think a change of scenery needed to happen. There were just too many things that went against James Prochet, super hard worker, super nice guy, but it just never came together. And I, there was so much hype around him as well. Was he a sixth round pick out of SMU three years, never really got an opportunity. Didn't really make the most of the opportunities he did get. And so to me, this, this, this just needed to happen. Tyler Wallace thoroughly outplayed him in the preseason. He didn't really make a ton of noise in training camp. So Prochet is somebody that I think he's had one of the more, I don't even know how to describe it. He he had so much hype around him. He was one of the more hyped up late round draft picks the Ravens have had. And I think that, I think, I think that added to the disappointment is what I'm trying to say. Nico also saying Kelly was a little shocking. I agree. Yeah. I think I wouldn't have expected the Ravens to move on, especially because I think in Kelly's case, the Washington game was tough. It was really tough for him, but he recovered really well. And then in the Tampa game, I think struggled early on, but then actually put together a really, a really solid game. But there's no there's no question it's been an adjustment for him to adjust to the NFL level. So maybe Baltimore's just hoping he can pass through waivers. I would go into this not expecting him to, but I'd be very pleasantly surprised if he did. But we'll see. Freddie John saying, damn, Ross and Welch gone. Yeah, those two guys to me weren't ever going to make the roster, especially with, uh, with Delshawn Phillips playing the way he did. He, he, it was something where I thought it was if they're going to keep five inside linebackers, it's Phillips all the way, but they could keep four. And that's that's another thing. I did have Delshawn Phillips off my roster. I had them keeping four inside linebackers just for, again, roster manipulation. But I think for me, I would anticipate at least one of those guys back on the practice squad. I know John Harbaugh likes Kristen Welch a lot. Would not be shocked if he was back. Josh Ross also had a really solid year last year. Didn't really pop too much in the this preseason but still it's, it's practice squad it depends how much you want to keep at every position but i wouldn't be i wouldn't be mad if those two were back Alyssa saying bonus episode i appreciate you tuning in Alyssa. thank you for for all your support nico saying mitchell let's go man that boy is elusive yeah the skill set the ravens don't have at that position we'll see what his future is in terms of ir or not and what that shoulder injury actually is but we'll see what happens with mitchell because i really like his potential in this baltimore offense if Dobbins and Edwards and Hill are healthy, he is definitely the fourth man. Maybe he splits third running back duties. He Because I think for him, he's that guy that can cut around. For him, he gets around the edge, and for him, he goes to the edge a lot. He doesn't necessarily have a ton of moves inside yet. I mean, if there's a hole, he can obviously just burst right through. But for Mitchell, if you need a guy to get around the edge quickly and kind of beat some of those speed inside linebackers, speed safeties who are up in the box – 
he can do that for you. So I'm really excited about that. Travis Jones, Freddie John says, yeah, Travis Jones is always making the roster. He was always making it. So I'm glad he's there. And then Dylan Wilkinson saying they must really like Millette because he was hurt for most of training camp. Yeah, that, so Dylan's point, I'm actually going to lead off the second segment with because Dylan makes a good point. We're going to talk about if the Ravens made any mistakes in the second part of the show. So be sure to stay tuned. We still have a lot to get to roster-wise on this instant reaction episode here on Locked on Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You always want to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's all I have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is find the right people for your team faster and for free. And for me, there have been plenty of positive experiences I've had over on LinkedIn. And it's really easy to create a free job post over there on LinkedIn Jobs. All you have to do is add your job in that purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They have simple tools you can use like screening questions to make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience to completely prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. And it's really important to start and end every single year strong. And the right team member could really help you do that. That's why small business rate leaning jobs never want to deliver in quality hires versus living competitors. Leaning jobs to find the qualified candidates you want to talk to fast about your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash lockdown NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash lockdown NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We're back. Our second segment of this instant reaction Tuesday night episode of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Allstriker still here with you. I appreciate everybody who is tuning in with me here. As again, we go live after every big event. And I would say finalizing a roster is a pretty big event. Also, after every preseason, regular season, playoff, Super Bowl, any Ravens game, we're going to be live here after the fact. And I know it's a little later. The, the live stream's a little later than I anticipated. Obviously, I expected the Ravens to not take almost four hours to release their predictions. I don't know, or predictions, to release their actual roster. Over the course of those four hours, I think we got cuts one by one by one. And I was predicting kind of, oh, yeah, well, with all the information we know, I was trying to piece it together like a puzzle almost. But we finally got it right about 8 p.m. Eastern time, a little earlier than that. The Ravens were one of the last teams to release it. I don't know what was going on. I'm now 57 years old, 30 plus years later. So <laughs> that's where we are. But let's keep talking about this Ravens roster. And I want to I want to resume. Dylan Wilkinson made the point. It was a good point by Dylan that the Ravens must really like Arthur Millette because he was hurt for most of training camp. And it's a good point because I I never saw Arthur Millette making this roster because of the injury that he suffered. And we didn't really get to see him over the course of the preseason. I think Baltimore wanted a veteran. They wanted a veteran slot option. Millette can play that. And if the Ravens didn't keep Arthur Millette on their roster, you're essentially saying that Ardarius Washington is going to be your starting slot, which I would have been fine with, by the way. But I think that's what you're saying. And I think Baltimore just wanted a veteran slot option. Now, in our final segment, we'll talk a bit about some of the players that were actually released. And I think Bradley Roby could make some sense for them, but we'll talk about that. But Millette brings them veteran slot experience. Now, I don't know how good he is at this point in his career. The, the signing when he was signed reminded me of the Alejandro Villanueva signing because uh, Steelers fans, if you remember when Villanueva was signed, they said, oh, this is the best day ever. TJ Watt going up against Villanueva. And, you know, Ravens fans are like, oh, wait, hold on. We don't really know a lot about this guy. And obviously Steelers fans were correct in that aspect well when Millette got signed it was this guy's toast this guy gets burned all the time so I, I'm not going to base everything off of what Steelers fans say obviously but I would hope that Millette can maybe resurrect his career in Baltimore and the, re the reason the Ravens kept him over Caillou Kelly is because of the fact that they wanted a veteran option in the slot because they just didn't have one at that point which if you're talking about did the Ravens make any mistakes I would say that was one I would say I would have kept Caillou Kelly in the potential that he had. He was a four-year guy at Stanford. And some of these, like some, some rookies need, a lot of rookies actually need adjustment time. 
It's not like they can go in there. It's not like everybody can be this year one stud, especially some of these late rounders. Now, yes, I will admit I was expecting a little more from Caillou Kelly than we actually saw, but cutting a fifth round pick, I think there were probably some teams that probably liked him in the draft that would have maybe spent a sixth or a seventh on him. And I think that maybe he's a guy that gets claimed on waivers. And I think a lot of people will be upset if that happens because I think you're losing out on that potential for a guy in Arthur Millette who is, if Arthur Millette was more, if he was, if we knew what he could do, if we knew that he was going to be a really solid player and he was someone that the Ravens needed to have on their roster and there was no other option that I would, I would understand it a little more, but I just, I don't know the reasoning for, well, I, I just explained it, but I don't know the pure reasoning for keeping Millette on the roster if he's not going to play well and we don't know how he's going to play. And then Caillou Kelly needs a couple years of development and then in a few years he plays well. So Sean Wade obviously was another example of that who I talked about where Baltimore traded him to New England. And there are, I think, a couple of character concerns with him where he just wasn't meshing with the locker room, not getting along with guys is what I heard. But I think that for the Ravens, it's it was an interesting move, and that's probably the only move I would call a mistake because, again, you don't have to worry about Josh Johnson. You don't have to worry about Brent Urban and Kevon Seymour. Those guys can all come back on handshake deals. Any all, uh, The other guys who I would want back on the roster, I don't even know if there is one. I think that I'd love to see Travis Vokalek on the practice squad. I'd love to see Tay Hayes on the practice squad, Jimmy Lucian, obviously Kyle Kelly as well. Anthony Brown, I think what they're going to probably do is they're going to bring Josh Johnson back to the active roster and get Anthony Brown onto the practice squad if he makes it that far. James Prochet, I, I talked about him a little bit. Jeremiah Moon, I'd love to see on the practice squad, but maybe he gets he gets claimed too. But Dylan makes a point about how they must really love Arthur Millette in order to keep him on the roster. Robbie C saying Mitchell equals speed kills. Yes, he does. He has that speed factor that the Ravens, other running backs, they don't have as much speed as him too. 600 Russ saying, can't believe Caillou got cut. If he hits the practice squad, do you believe we keep him or will someone come take him? If I had to predict, and I, again, I don't know what will happen, but if I had to predict, I'll predict he gets claimed. I, I would be, but this, the same thing happened with Adarius Washington last year. And I know it's a little different when it's a second year undrafted guy versus a first year, fifth round guy, but Ardarius made it through. I know everybody when Ardarius Washington was cut last year, myself included, said there's no way he makes it to the practice squad. Someone's going to claim him. And then no one did. And look where we are now. He's he's established himself and I think can play a role for them this season. If I had to predict, if I had to give an answer, I would say that he probably gets claimed off of waivers. But if they can sneak him through to the practice squad, that'd be awesome. But if you remember last year, the Ravens surprisingly cut Tyree Phillips with the intention of bringing him back to the practice squad. And obviously the Giants claimed him and, and that was that. And the Ravens want to bring him back. They can because he just got cut by the Giants. But it's, it's kind of the point where I wouldn't necessarily bet everything that he's just going to make it through scot-free. I think some team will probably go get him, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Mark saying the Ravens decided to crack down on the Twitter agendas this year. Another news, the fifth round curse continues from Wade to Mason to Kelly. It was a it was a bad year for fifth round corners all around. If you remember Darius Rush, who was one of the guys I was super high on out of South Carolina. He was a Colts draft pick. They took Julius Brents or Juju Brents now as he goes by. Darius Rush was a fifth round Colts rookie got cut too. So it wasn't just the Ravens who were making these corner fifth round rookie cuts. I know a lot of people now want to see Darius Rush in Baltimore. So maybe they swap. Maybe Caillou goes to goes to Indy and Darius Rush goes to Baltimore. That that'd be a plot twist. But I think that yeah, the fifth round that is true. Sean Wade, Ben Mason, Caillou Kelly, all fifth round picks. Project Washington was a fifth round pick though, so that was somebody a couple of years ago. Obviously got rewarded with that extension. Nico asking, are are we only carrying three edge rushers on game day? And if so, is that smart? Well, it depends what happens with, with Malik Ham if. 
the rate well, and it depends on a couple of things. One, what do they do with Malik Hammond? Two, how do you classify Jadavian Clowney? If you classify Jadavian Clowney as a uh as a well, like a defensive lineman guy, like an interior defensive lineman who can play outside, then you're probably only doing three in Adafi Owe, David Ajabu, and Malik Ham, because Bowers is on the NFI list, and Octavius Robinson, too, obviously. But if Clowney is a guy who you think is an outside linebacker, then it is Owe, Ajabo, Clowney, Robinson, and Malik Ham. So anywhere from three to five, maybe four to five, depending on where you believe that Jadavian Clowney is on the roster and what he's listed as. I think he's, what is he listed on as the roster? I'm actually going to try to look that up quickly, but I think he's listed as a, as an outside linebacker, if I'm not totally mistaken, I'll, I'll try to find it. But then we have uh, the chef 87 saying, Hey, Kevin, my man, and this episode is going to, this episode going to be tomorrow's episode. Keep up the great work. No. We're, so whenever we do a live stream, we have another episode that's dropped. So we have this live stream and then we'll also have a 6 a.m. episode on Wednesday. We'll, we'll be breaking it down a little bit more. So be sure to stay tuned for that one as well. Nico saying, I feel like we've seen guys take a lot of snaps at edge during the season and it wasn't the right choice. I mean, yeah, the Ravens have tried to, I think, get the versatility right for their roster where they tried like guys like Malik Harrison at edge. Maybe they'd tried Trenton Simpson at edge this year. They try to be very versatile with their guys and moving guys both inside and outside. And I think what they do is for some players, not all, because I think the versatility is good, but for some players, I do think that the Ravens might move them around too much. Brandon Stevens is an, is an example of that for me, where they've moved them from quarter to safety to corner to safety to corner to say, and it's just, it's too much. So I, I see what you're saying, Nico. I, I understand. And he, he clarifies saying when it was Houston and OA, so, yeah, it feels like, especially for even if you're talking about workload, like Houston's workload, we even could talk about Clayus Campbell isn't an edge guy for them, but he was a guy that I think when you're monitoring pass rushing snaps, when you get into that equation, they don't have to worry about that as much with a guy like Jadavian Clowney and obviously the young guys too. But what does Jadavian Clowney's snap count look like? When do they put him on the field? Are they only going to put him in on early downs and put a job in also? So that's really interesting part about it as well rico coming in what's up rico saying show some love to khaki kevin smash that like button i appreciate you using the nickname too and i know you've been listening to the ads then because uh khaki kev is one of my nicknames so rico knows what's up with it mark saying malik him over under 15 sacks oh over slam the over no he, he he's gonna be a guy that either goes on ir game day inactive but the feel-good story is there because he earned it right he was a guy that was an undrafted player and showed out in training camp was one of the Ravens standouts there the preseason he was pretty consistent overall so I'm really excited to see what he can do you know leading up to maybe the next two three seasons but I wouldn't anticipate too much out of him but look if Bowser has to miss more time than anticipated if the Ravens need somebody in that room maybe him get some run maybe injuries happen hopefully they don't but maybe that's what happens and Dylan's saying are you concerned with a job of making a big leap this season Yes and no. I think with Jadavian Clowney coming in, it takes a lot of pressure off of him. If the Ravens hadn't signed Clowney, my answer, I think, would have more been yes, because I would, I would have been so worried about having so much pressure on a guy who essentially has only played in a couple games, had has one career tackle. The, the, the upside is there, but the potential is 100% there, too. But I just think putting all that, especially for a guy who is not ready in the run game yet, watching the preseason, David Ajabo is going to be fine, right? Like he's going to be a good player in my opinion, but I don't think that he is ready to come in here and be an all pro player in year one. I think the expectations that were set on him 
were probably because of the fact that Baltimore hadn't signed anybody. They lost Justin Houston. They lost 16 sacks off of their roster. So everybody said, well, there's no other choice. Only Adafi Elway and David Ajabo and obviously Tyus Bowser when he's healthy. Only those three guys can make an impact for you. But then they sign Clowney. It gets a little better. Clowney takes pressure off of Ajabo. I don't think there's as there's not as big of a role that he needs to play this year. If he wants to play it and he does it, then awesome. But he doesn't need to play it for the Ravens to be successful because Clowney can take some of that off of his plate as well. But we'll get into the final part of the show here. Coming up soon, we'll be diving into what is next for the Ravens, what moves they could make, who's going to IR, and the roster manipulation they could have. So be sure to stay tuned. A lot to get to still on this instant reaction Tuesday edition of Locked on Ravens. We're back. Our final segment of Locked On Ravens Instant Reaction Edition. Kevin Ostriker still rocking with you here on this Tuesday evening. Thank you so much for being here as we get close to the regular season. We, we keep checking off boxes, and we did that with the Ravens releasing their final 53-man roster. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, follow along in audio form here. Five days a week here, Ravens content. Sometimes more. We'll do more shows when the Ravens have big news, and obviously we do instant reaction post-game episodes. So be sure to tune into these live ones. You can turn notifications on so you know when we go live, when new episodes come out. In an audio form, the live shows are always after the fact on there too. But let's talk about what's next to the Ravens. Nico's saying we're going to miss Bowser's versatility for the time he's gone. And that's part of it. What's next for the Ravens? What's next for Tyus Bowser? How long does he have to miss? Obviously, he's on the NFI list, has to miss the first few weeks of the season. I don't know when he's going to be back. It's obviously the agitated knee situation. It's not, I don't think it's related to the Achilles, maybe overcompensation. I don't I don't know if it's the knee that the Achilles is on or not. I, I just I haven't checked. But if Bowser has to miss the first half of the season, the versatility Nico saying the Ravens are going to miss is real because we know what he can do as a coverage linebacker. He's actually come on as a pass rusher very nicely over the course of these last couple of seasons. He and Tim Williams were draft picks in the same draft class. Tyus Bowser second round was 2017 Tyus Bowser second round and Tim Williams third round. They both struggled early on. I don't, I, people may not remember Tyus Bowser and Tim Williams both really struggled early on their first couple of seasons, their third year that 2019 season. I had said that, look, both those guys are going to have to show something or else something might happen. They might get they might get let go. Tyus Bowser showed flashes. Tim Williams did not. But what Bowser started to show in that time was a do-it-all mindset. You know, he can rush the passer. He can drop back in coverage. A good tackler. Very solid, smart guy. Like, he can do everything for them. So that is a loss. Now, Klein coming in can, you know, he can have that veteran leadership. I know there have been some worries about King Clowney actually lead because of some of the stuff that's happened over the course of his recent career, especially in Cleveland. But I'm excited to see what Ajabo and Owe can do this season, but they're going to miss Bowser until he gets back. Hopefully he's able to come back soon. But other players, I, I'm, I've mentioned it kind of sparingly over the course of this episode, what I expect the Ravens to do next. There are going to be some guys that get put on R. There are going to be some guys that come back. I expect Pepe Williams to definitely be back on you know maybe like october november but for now he gets put on ir because he misses more than four weeks in my opinion that's fine i don't know what they're going to do because apparently what what the early reports are is that josh johnson devon seymour and brent urban will all be back so that essentially means you have to move three guys to ir from your roster right now malik malik ham could be one of those guys keaton mitchell could be one of those guys i don't think delshawn phillips is going to be one of those guys so i think it might be those two because Keaton Mitchell, we know, is dealing with the shoulder injury. Do they put him on IR? Because I think what the Ravens' mindset here was, and if they put Mitchell on IR, I think what I'm saying might be true, is that they might think that Mitchell would not have passed through waivers, so they had to keep him on their roster. 
but they can put him on IR with a shoulder issue and either keep him out for the whole season or just until he's actually ready to be back. We have seen plenty of stash situations, but I feel like if the Ravens were going to keep him out the full season, they would have put him on IR before to open up the other roster spot because it would have just ended the season regardless. So I think for the early part of the season, Keaton Mitchell could go on IR and that could be it because I just don't see anybody else outside of Pepe unless they really don't feel like Marlon's going to be ready in four weeks that could go on IR. I mean, do they put Tavius Robinson on IR? I mean, does Salah go on there? I, I don't really know who else would be in that conversation. I think they need as much offensive line depth as they can. So I don't know. Maybe Millette goes on there. I, I don't know. But I think Pepe Williams is a definite bet. And then maybe we'll see the two undrafted guys go on there as well. Dylan asking, do you think the Ravens are content with our corner room or do you think they'll pursue someone such as Desmond King? Dylan's hitting all the points tonight. He's talking about all the things I'm going to talk about before I talk about him. So yes, the Ravens corner room is interesting. My answer, if Millette wasn't on the roster and it was Caillou Kelly would have been, they're probably content. They're going to bring back Kevon Seymour and that's that. But I think the Ravens should actively be looking for an upgrade over Arthur Millette. There is a chance Millette comes in and plays really well for him. I'm not saying there's not, I'm not trying to write him off right now, but I think Desmond King, who the Ravens have been linked to for, it, it feels like the Ravens are linked to guys time and time and time. Like it's over and over and over that the Ravens are linked to guys. So for Jadavian Clowney, who could possibly be a guy that, you know, they could have gotten four years ago, two years ago, they get him. DeAndre Hopkins has been linked to the Ravens over and over again. Antonio Brown, that whole saga happened for years. Julio Jones, you're talking about Julio Jones on this show for probably an upwards of three years. So with Desmond King, he was linked to the Ravens, I think, a couple of seasons ago. I think it was during the trade deadline when the Chargers traded him to the Titans, if I'm not mistaken. Then he lashed on with the Texans. There were some rumblings then. He ends up getting cut. He's a very versatile player, can play slot corner, can play safety as well. Bradley Roby is another guy. I think he could be an option for them. There are a couple other players that I think could be an upgrade over Arthur Millette. And obviously they can make a trade. They can do that. And if they want to stick with their roster for now, they could. But Desmond King or Bradley Roby would be two guys that I would take over Arthur Millette. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't think twice about it. Obviously, Millette's been in the system. He's learned the defense. Now he's been injured for a little bit. But I think that if you're looking about upgrades, the Ravens should always be looking to upgrade their roster. I think they always are looking to upgrade their roster. So I would anticipate them at least kicking the tires on a couple of guys, but with them already going to, with them already really, I think going to bring back Yvonne Seymour, they might not have a ton of room, especially because I don't know who else is going to go on IR and where they're going to make that roster room. Benjamin saying Huntley to IR. That's an interesting one because they're going to bring back Josh Johnson Maybe Tyler Huntley does go on IR with the hamstring injury. They bring back Josh Johnson, two back up with Lamar. They have Anthony Brown on the practice squad. Benjamin might be onto something. Benjamin, you might be onto something with that one. I think that could be a very real possibility because we haven't heard too much about Tyler Huntley and that injury, and those things can linger. So maybe he gets put on IR. The Ravens bring in Josh Johnson, or they bring him back to back up Lamar, and Anthony Brown goes to the practice squad, and that gives you the ability to not put a guy like Malik Cam or Keaton Mitchell on IR and maybe look at corner like what Dylan is saying there. So that could be another option for sure. Now we've talked about practice. Let's talk practice squad a little bit. I've talked about like the past couple of days, I've talked about the practice squad. And I think that the Ravens have the opportunity to make one of the better practice squad units. if not the best practice squad unit in the entire NFL. Guys who I would anticipate the Ravens have been just in the practice squad. I know there are going to be a couple other guys, but Anthony Brown is one. 
I think Melvin Gordon is another who could make the practice squad. And that was always the answer. They should have kept him or they should have kept Keith Mitchell over Melvin Gordon, excuse me. And they did. So I'm very relieved they did that. Ben Mason, I think, is the perfect patch card insurance policy. I think a guy like James Prochet is definitely one. But again, I think he probably seeks out a new opportunity. I would not expect him back. Laquan Treadwell, it's already been reported. He plans to sign with Baltimore's practice squad tomorrow. So expect him to be there. Dante Demas, Sean Ryan could also be practice squad bound. If Travis Vokalek makes it through waivers, I think he is practice squad bound. We've talked about guys like Angelo Blackton who could come back. Sam Mustafer also I think is, is a solid option. The thing with Cleveland versus Mustafer, and I forget who made this point. I'm trying to remember. I, I can't remember who. But whoever made it said that with Sam Mustafer, he's a vested veteran. Ben Cleveland is not. So Ben Cleveland would have had to go through waivers, and I think he probably would have been claimed being a third-round guy a couple years ago, despite all the all the discourse about him in Baltimore. So keeping Cleveland over Mustafer pretty much ensures that if there was a handshake deal to say, yeah, you can come to the practice squad, that happens, whereas Ben Cleveland, you would have kind of had to kind of sweat it out a little bit and hope he makes it back. Obviously, I think David Sharp's another option that they want to have back on the practice squad. I think that'd be really solid as well. Defensively, I think Rashad Nichols, and I, I talked about Angelo Blackson, those two could be options. Linebacker-wise, Kristen Welch and Josh Ross, both guys. Jeremiah Moon is an outside linebacker, I think could be a guy. Jeremy Lucian, Tay Hayes, both players that I really like for them as well. And Daryl Worley, I would not be shocked if he's back on the practice squad as well. So that, it's a nice balance. The practice squads, I always like to have balance on the practice squads. So to me, I think that overall, there are probably going to be like, I don't know, it's a 16 player practice squad. So probably 10 or 12 players, maybe even 14 who are Ravens players. So maybe in that like 10 to 13 sweet spot is where I think that'll be how many Ravens players come back. And then they might add two or three or four other guys from the practice squad from other guys who just got cut. So that to me, I think would be what happens there. Uh, we have Bailey saying, Kev, what's good? It was good to see you again, Bailey. I know, I think it's been a while. I, I appreciate you hopping in the chat again. I, I've missed you in the chat, so I appreciate you being here. Fresh Beats Productions saying we need Lamar Gary Jack. I know we do need, need Lamar Gary Jackson. He's uh, he's going to be the savior. He's going to be the savior of this team. Hopefully he leads the Ravens to a Super Bowl. So hopefully Lamar Gary Jackson can do that for him. So Darian Smith saying, will, will the Ravens make any waiver claims? I don't know. I think it'd be tough for them to do it because they already are so tight on roster space. They already reportedly plan on bringing back three guys in Josh Johnson, Brent Urban, and Kevon Seymour. So then they have to be able to kind of figure out, well, can they cut another guy to bring in a waiver? I think there are some options, but I don't necessarily think there's enough roster space for them to do that with them already bringing back three guys and having to move three players over to IR. So maybe they get creative. Maybe they move Huntley, Pepe Williams, Keep Mitchell and Malik Ham over, and then they can add somebody off of waivers. Because I think the Ravens claimed Delshawn Phillips off of waivers last year from the Jets, and no one was expecting that. So maybe that's what the Ravens do, because I think they they always are looking for those back-end players who can play special teams. There are a lot of those guys who just got cut, and there are some surprises there, such as Delshawn Phillips. So it is possible that it does happen. And then uh, let's see, we have, we got a lot of comments coming in right now. We have uh, Benjamin saying, hopefully we can get Ryan Prochet or Treadwell on the practice squad with like Nichols and Ortejas on the practice squad as well. Yeah. I think that realistically out of those guys, you mentioned Benjamin, I think Sean Ryan, Laquan Treadwell, Rayshad Nichols and Tejas, or if, if they're available, they'll probably go. 
James Prochet would be awesome. Like, I think it's a seventh wide receiver on the Ravens practice squad. That's a great thing to have. But I just, I don't know that he's going to want to come back. I think he might want a clean slate and, and just a different opportunity, which I would not blame him for. But we'll see. Alyssa saying Lamar Gary Jackson is getting us a ring. Hopefully he does. You know, I, I will I will pray to heaven that he does, that he gets us a ring there. Tony Fazio saying, Moon on the practice squad, please. Yeah, uh, I hope he's able to get on there. Maybe a team puts in a claim for him. I, I wouldn't think that a team would claim Jeremiah Moon, but we'll see. Don C saying we live. Yes, we are, Don. I appreciate you hopping in. And, and Tanya's in here too saying, yes, we are live. Long time no see to Don C. I appreciate you both being here for sure. Rico saying, you think they bring, they'll bring back Demas to the practice squad? I would think there's interest. I would think they'd bring back Dante Demas. I I wouldn't think there's a claim put in for him. Now, he was released in the earlier wave of cuts, and those guys usually aren't first choices for the practice squad. So I would expect Perche, Treadwell, and Sean Ryan to probably get first dibs on those practice squad spots over Dante Demas. But Demas and Laquan Treadwell both have that big body contested catchability. And not that the Ravens other receivers can make contested catches, but Odell's not 6'4". Zay Flowers is not 6'4". Rashad Bateman's not 6'4". So I think just having that option to call up on game day would not hurt if you get Treadwell, who's going to be on there reportedly. And even if you want to put uh, Dante Demas on there as well. Uh, let's see. We have Sly Brand Fonz saying Caillou to the practice squad, I'm sure. And then Benjamin saying, think Caillou may get claimed. I'm, I'm hoping he gets to the practice squad. I'm not super confident he does. I think that, again, him being a fifth round pick, a four-year starter at Stanford, I think a team will probably put a claim in for him. But again, as I made this point earlier in the show that we we thought the same thing with Ladarius Washington last year, and he somehow snuck through. So I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping he makes it through, but we'll see what happens. And let's see, we have Tony saying, also, they kept Cleveland for the versatility as a backup, I guess. Thought Harbs was feeling Mustafer as a contributor for backup. Ben Cleveland, I think, actually, and it's not a popular opinion, I think, for the discourse, but I think Ben Cleveland actually was not terrible in the preseason. The one rep against Jalen Carter was really bad, but he showed his versatility as a, as a tackle option. And if the Ravens can get Mustafer back on the practice squad, again, since he's a vested veteran and not a guy who has to go through waivers, you can still call him up. And then even if, the Ravens use all their, their game day call-ups on them. There might be a spot for an active roster. There's an active roster spot that could be there as well. Tony saying Cleveland traded the Colts to the Eagles. I don't think so. I mean, maybe it happens, but I, I wouldn't think so overall. The slide slide brand saying Demas needs to be added to the practice squad too. I would like it. I would like it if he was. I think again, the, the guys in today's wave of cuts will have first dibs over yesterday's cuts, but I would hope that they're able to get a guy like D Demas showed out average over 40 yards of catch in that last preseason game. Tanya asking, will the Ravens get a pass rusher or another corner? EDC always makes a trade. What do you think? Um, I think corner would be the one that they would, again, if Arthur Millette wasn't on the roster, I would probably say they would make, wait till the trade deadline. I do think there are opportunities though, for the Ravens to upgrade at corner with a Desmond King, with a Bradley Roby. There are a couple other players, even like a Darius Rush, who is kind of like the Caillou Kelly of the Colts, who got was a fifth round rookie this year, got released. So maybe he makes it to the practice squad for the Ravens. I don't know, but I think that they could look to upgrade at corner, but if we don't see anything now, I think they're still going to be active at the trade deadline and try to make a move there as well. Aaron Butler hopping in saying Baltimore Ravens 2023 defense will be dominant and suffocating. Yeah, I hope so. They're going to need it, especially with the offense. They're, they're going to be able to score points. The offense is going to score points this year, and I think that'll take pressure off the defense. The best defense is a good offense, and the best offense is a good defense. So th those two playing off of each other as well. Benjamin asking, anyone you guys could see getting traded from our team right now? 
I guess Cleveland would be the answer to that. I, I guess it would be Cleveland, but then you could bring back a Mustafa and that would be that. Sedarian saying time to get Clowney on a 24. Oh man, please. <laughs> I'm with you, Sedarian. I hope I hope it ends like tomorrow. Like, please get him out of that as fast as possible. Quasi saying, I think the Ravens sign a cornerback. Roby next. Yeah, I, I hope it is Roby. I, I'm a big Roby guy. I know the production has kind of fallen off over the past couple of seasons. I think there might be a couple injuries in there too. But I think he's better than Millette and could actually start for them in the slot if they needed him to. So that could be something as well. And Sly Brand saying, I want the Ravens to to add Greedy Williams. I think Greedy's a little – like, I would like Greedy too, but I think he's a little redundant to what the Ravens have right now. I think he's purely he, – he's someone that I think could be an upside play, but I don't know if the Ravens have room for an upside play right now overall. And I think Greedy is still out there, Don. I think that he hasn't if – I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's still out there and he hasn't been signed yet. But So Baltimore's roster officially set. It took a while, but we finally got here. But that's all I have you here today on this live edition of Lockdown Ravens. I appreciate you tuning in here and, and making me a part of your Tuesday evening. Be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow along in audio form as well. And, of course, we'll be back here tomorrow, 6 a.m. Eastern time, breaking this roster down even more. So be sure to stay tuned. I'll see you right back here tomorrow on another episode of Lockdown Ravens.